0: What's up, folks? Welcome back to another edition of Football Theory here on On Texas Football. I am Lifetime Lonehorn Rod Babers, joined by fellow Lifetime Lonehorn and Football Theorists of Inside Texas. You can also catch his incredible work uh, on Substack, America's War Game. He does great work. My man, Ian Boyd. What's going on, Ian? How are you?
1: Rod, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food?
0: Oh, what's man. Your
1: part of the, what's your favorite part of the deal?
0: Dude, honestly, I'm okay. I'll just it's gonna be way too expansive, but are you have you had fried turkey? Like fried turkey, like deep fried turkey. Like they deep fried. I mean, I
1: think I think just at like the fair. I
0: think that's okay. That's probably my go-to. I'm I'm a and I usually I don't even go with this normal traditional turkey anymore. My turkey's not fried. Oh man, I, I really, it's hard for me to go back to traditional turkey. That's become my go to. And I don't, you know, you don't have fried turkey, you know, all the time. You have it maybe twice a year. You have it at Thanksgiving, having it at Christmas. That's my go to, man. I gotta have me some fried bird. And I won't get it this year because we have a new member of the family. And my brother usually cooks the fried turkey. He's in H Town. He's not coming down my wife's side of the family. They're coming from all over the US. We're gonna have like 20 some people at Thanksgiving, dude. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be one of them. I know. You're getting stressed out thinking about it. And, <laughs> and so, but that, nobody knows how to fry a turkey. And you could burn your house down trying to fry a turkey if you don't know what you're doing. So, I'm not I going to get my go to this year. Exactly. I'm not going to get it, man. I'm sad. I'm a little sad about that. What's your, what's your go to?
1: Well, I've had a few different kinds of turkey. When, when we have it with my wife's family, they often get this like Cajun turkey.
0: Oh. Stuff mm-hmm.
1: with like rice and, uh, oh. uh, you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, and, man. Yeah, um, it's like a sea. Is, you put, is, it, what, is that seafood in that stuffing? Yeah. Yes, dude. We make that stuffing. My family makes that stuffing. They from Louisiana, though.
1: My family. Yeah, yeah. I like a normal. <laughs> I like a normal stuffing too. But I've seen them both. But my favorite thing is I get a biscuit or a roll, whatever's available on the table, and I put in the turkey. The mashed potatoes, the stuffing, and the gravy, and I stack it together to make a sandwich.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe, and then maybe another one after that. Oh, um, the I sandwich. Hold up. So you don't, know, but that, that's like after the meal, right? After the plate of food. Whoa, that's in. It, oh, right? that. no in, place, in place of the, the meal with the plate and everything, you make it just a sandwich? No, no, no. Not in place of. Just like,
1: you know, you get a couple Hawaiian rolls or biscuits. I gotcha.
0: Oh, that's an addition, too. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's next level then. So you got a sandwich on top of all the fixings and everything. It's like a little
1: sandwich, you know, just like, and then you cram as much into the roll as you can.
0: (laughs) Bro, everybody, it's what I love about Thanksgiving. Everybody's got a technique. Everybody's got their own <laughs> everybody's got their own little way they do it, right? Everybody's got their old technique about all right, first time I go up, I do this or I do that. Look at you got the, you got the stuffed roll or stuffed whatever on the side. I love it, man. It's fantastic. It's, honestly, for as an adult, it's, it's it might be my favorite holiday. Now that I have a, a kid again, Christmas is probably gonna now jettison up there. Okay, you you're a parent, so it's Christmas big now because to see the kids and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, but I like Thanksgiving because for when you're like a dad or you're just a, a man of leisure, <laughs> you can't beat Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, it's amazing. You
1: drink some yeah. wine, then you go watch
0: football and fall asleep. Oh, oh, the they, that's a great point, bro. They celebrate laziness. They celebrate you being a glutton. You celebrate gluttony and laziness and just watching football, fall asleep on it. Oh, it's a blowout. Let me pass out a little bit. Oh, it's more. Let me go get some more turkey real quick. Let me go see what's going on. It is. It's such a, oh man, I love it. Football and family and family. It's about the family. You know, the family. Christmas too. is great, but you know. Yeah. It's, it's like,
1: a, it's also like Christmas. You wake up early with the kids when they're, when they're big enough to wake you up, which happens real fast. <laughs> and then, you do it all and then it's like, Well, it is seven thirty. <laughs> and we're we're done here, I think.
0: Well, Are we done here? I think we're done here. Yeah, that's a great point. That's true. Yeah, you hit the you hit basically the the, the climax of that holiday. It happens like before like noon, like before ten AM most of the time. You're yeah, right. The, Thanksgiving, man, it's all day it's like a marathon. You get done with Thanksgiving at like five PM. It's like close of business. <laughs> I love it. It's a great point. Great point. Uh, let me throw this out there. Uh, first of all, football theory brought to you by uh, Laura uh, Laura Baker of Keller Williams, and we're really proud of that and really happy about that. We'll tell you more about um, her fantastic business a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but to start off things, we're going to get into a little bit of our State. I was going to review our State, and we're going to preview the game coming up versus Texas Tech. Uh, speaking of Turkey Day, it used to be a Turkey Day tradition. I played when we played Texas a and on Turkey Day or around that. Then I played for the Detroit Lions, who also played on Thanksgiving. So uh, for me, I don't know. I've I've just got a chance to enjoy Thanksgiving in the last few years uh, without having to worry about football or playing, but still, uh, football, family, and food. That's what Thanksgiving is all about. But for the Longhorns, uh, football's going to take Uh, uh, At least for them, it's going to be top priority coming up on Friday after Turkey Day um, because they'll have the Texas Tech Red Raiders. We'll get into previewing that. But first, let me get your thoughts initially about what you saw um, from Texas in their win at Ames versus Iowa State. Uh, They were down Jonathan Brooks. A lot of guys got nicked up. You had some penalties early on that game. They really worked against Texas. Uh, They still found a way to pull it out in clutch time and uh, get the win in Ames. What were your thoughts?
1: Well, I wasn't I wasn't really that nervous for Texas going in because I just didn't think Iowa State was a very good or a, a super tough matchup for them. Yeah. Like, Houston punched above their weight against Texas because Houston loves, they live to do the kinds of things that Texas has struggled with. Like, quick passing game, quarterback runs, uh, which, you know, they didn't do in that game, but... Um, Going in, that was the concern.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Iowa State, they also, they love to to just trap teams into trying to run the ball and bullying them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they just, Sark had a lot of answers for that. Um, now, in the first half of the game, I was concerned because Quinn Ewers was struggling out there in the first yeah. half. Yeah. Four sacks. Um, not all his fault but maybe some of them mostly his fault and maybe all
0: of them partly his fault, right? Two of them were in, in, in empty, dude. And I was like, that was it's shocking. For those who don't know, sack rates usually drop in empty formation because the ball comes out quick. He's holding on to the ball in empty formation, which was a concern. I like the empty. Like you you predicted, they're going to throw a lot of empty. One of my favorite concepts out there, but it wasn't that successful in the first half because Quinn was holding on to the ball too long.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was a concern, but um, they they solved it in the second half. Iowa State is, honest. I mean, we'll talk about this later in the show. Iowa State is definitely a better team than Texas Tech. I agree with that, but yeah. I think Texas Tech is a more troublesome matchup.
0: Oh, okay. You know what i I want to I want to guess when we when we preview Tech why they are because I think I, I know where you're going here. And I may, maybe I'm way off. I could be way off. We maybe have two theories out there. But I think I know where you're going because I was thinking about that actually before the show, strangely okay. enough. Um, and is this because of the, you're talking about offensively or defensively? Offensively, you're talking about, right? Because of Iowa State's offense and the way that, you know, they they want to possess the ball and convert and control the ball. It's, you're talking about the way that it's built. Is it around there? Am like, I hinting at getting that where you're talking about?
1: I really, I was thinking more offense. I think defensively, um, they're maybe a little closer to Iowa State than people think in terms of being a problem, but uh, more more offensively.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want to get into that deeper when you talk tech. I start, though, with the uh, defense from Texas versus Iowa State. Uh, nine yards rushing allowed, which is a dominant performance. Texas defense, rush defense continues to be one of the best in Texas football history, actually, and I want to say right now they're still fourth best in the last 15 years, based on my uh, analysis, in the Big 12, the rush defense. But they still got Tech to go, and Tech's going to be actually a test for their Texas defense, but we'll get into that. But the Iowa State offense really consistently couldn't do anything except inside breaking routes and slants, which – Told you they were going to run a lot of inside breaking routes and slants, and they did. It was probably the only thing that actually worked, like, consistently. Everything else was more of I um, – I don't know. It, it was kind of outliers. These big uh, – p- the pop pass was that. They talked about that. Caught Texas with bad eyes. Um, but it was really just a great play call at the right time. And even the other touchdown, which was the uh, wheel route, the play action wheel route, the play fake to the wheel, caught Mo Blackwell – thought he was containing on the edge uh, in the run game. And then uh, the guy ran right by him. Turns out that was his man. And that's just a young player who didn't have enough reps to understand um, how to, you know, take on that, uh, take on, basically contain that edge, but also be able to be in position to come off and cover that back on a wheel route. Something you don't normally see. Also a great play call. Um, but it, I don't think they could, they did anything consistently against Texas. Definitely didn't run the ball, and the only passing concept, like I said, they worked were in breaking routes and slants, which we knew that was going to work.
1: Yeah, so uh, we should talk about that. <laughs> this, has been, this has been a big topic of conversation. I tried to write an article on Tuesday, where I was explaining that. Um, Texas' defense has essentially carried them to the Big 12 Championship. You know, we'll see, but probably. Um, and that Quinn Ewers is actually kind of limited this year because he doesn't go through progressions very well.
0: I agree with that.
1: He's mostly hitting shot plays where he has a pretty predetermined read. Or he's doing like a half-field play-action play where it's like one, two check down kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um and that's why those empty sets that didn't work very well early on, unless they had schemed somebody open on purpose. That's why I think that's also another reason why Texas has not been that good in the red zone. Because mm. it's like, well, they can't overpower people in the run game. Okay. But why haven't they thrown for more touchdowns in the red zone? Well, because it's hard if your quarterback doesn't get through progressions fast because the windows are like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Easy to take away your first read in the red zone
1: i think quinn and the interior offensive line are really good at uh run past conflict and shot plays like they'll block the red right guys and quinn will throw to the red right guy when you draw something up
0: accurately right? accurately yeah. too, yeah
1: and, and and anywhere on the field because of yep. his range is so good yeah this isn't to say that
0: quinn is not good he's no, their their first their first window read quarterbacks in the NFL too. Two is actually one of those quarterbacks. You can scheme it up. Yeah, it's it works
1: within certain parameters. Yeah, but uh, so I, I lay all this out in an article, and then pages of comments. Everybody wants to talk about why Texas can't defend the slant. <laughs>
0: Just his eloquent, very articulate article in <laughs> Brexit,
1: and it's just like guys, guys, <laughs> stay focused, focus, guys. Defense is why they're t- ten and one. If they win a Big Twelve championship, it's going to be because of the defense,
0: the rush defense. Well,
1: and, and the they don't give up big passing plays either. They don't. They don't. The only I, thing they give I, up is dink and dunk passes.
0: They give up slants. That's right. Inside They're
1: breaking like dunk passes, and teams don't score because they can't convert on third downs. But it's not good enough. That's the formula, man. Yeah. Like, why, why is this? This is working fine. I know it can be frustrating to
0: watch. But- hey, know you're right though. It is, but I will say, as a defensive back, devil's advocate, because I agree with you 100. That's the, you can't take away everything. You're not you. You're not the 2000 Ravens. All right, you can't take away everything. Nobody defensively can. There are a few teams in in college football, Mike, that can do it right now. Maybe Michigan and maybe Ohio State's that category. Maybe you're talking about – it's probably like five or six teams, all right, that are that good. But most teams, you take oh, away what you can. Exactly. Based on your strengths. So I agree with you 100% just say like a football guy. But devil's advocate, I'll say this. Why can't they adjust the leverage? If, if adjusting the leverage, do they believe they're going to basically get beat on the outside over the top? Ryan well, I still gets beat to be outside over the top and he's outside leverage. Like, so if you go inside, so I understand, I think if they just, and they don't have to be dramatic in these shift inside leverage, man, they even go heads up or if they go slight inside leverage, they could take it away. And I'm not even saying take it away every down, but situationally, you know, teams are looking at it situationally for Texas to give up. That's easy. So on third down, I will say might not be an excuse for it on third down. First downs, I get you. They may have you playing a different technique. Third down, though, when you know a team, when you already stopped the run game and you know they're in a predictable passing situations, why can't you take away the inside levers then? Because you know there's a good chance that teams are going to run an inside breaking route.
1: Did they Did they hit a third down with a slant in the game?
0: They threw a few. i my nose. They, they did. They threw a few. I don't know if they converted, though, actually. I agree with you on that. I'm not sure they converted. I, they threw... Uh, they threw one on third and four and got a yard. They threw one on, or they threw on third and two and got seven yards on a slant. Uh, but yeah, I mean they were minimal games, and the ones they got actually with first downs they converted were usually on early downs, second and eight they converted one, second and seven. Uh, you know, so yeah, to your point, they want early downs when they convert them because usually I think Texas may be playing a different technique on early downs. And with the coverage, because they're you no know, still in a run based defense, but once they get into a predictable pass situation, you know maybe they could take away inside leverage situationally. But I, I you're right, it's working. It's working, guys. That they're the, they're a top five third down defense, top five red zone defense. Situationally, they're elite in those categories, and they're in rush defense. They're one of the best rush defenses, like we said in Texas football history. So I'm, I agree with you, brother. It's working but people still want to take away that slant man that slant is annoying it's a, it's annoying to the texas fans to see the slant completed over and over again but i agree with you i agree well, with you.
1: it's not beating it's, it's hard to beat a team with slants
0: yeah i do uh,
1: i think i think another part of it is that um in most games they keep the linebackers in the box I don't they don't like to drift them out very far even if you put a slot to their side of the field. Yeah. I mean, so if, it's a forward, if it's barren, they will. But for forward or uh, the, the weak side linebacker, they usually stay in the box. So then if you have the corner and outside leverage, mm-hmm. linebackers extra inside, and then you have the safety there. So they're giving you a window in between the triangle. Right there. Boom. It's, it's easy. Down. I hope this isn't some sort of hate symbol
0: or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think, hey, the Sooner fans are going to be posting that all over the place. Look at it. He's a racist. <laughs> I don't know what. That, that
1: seems like that could be something that's not good. I don't know what. But, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, there's a there's a soft spot there. In yeah. between the corner and the linebacker and underneath the safety. Yeah. What's going to happen is you're going to hit it three to eight yards guaranteed if you hit it in the right time. And then nothing else because there's help coming from every direction
0: yeah unless you miss a tackle basically that's the only way you're gonna get something on it yeah yeah, yeah. No, you're really right. Right there' yeah. Was,
1: it felt like there were times though where um, Higgins was getting open on press coverage yeah it the slant and it wasn't like just
0: outside it, leverage they were just no got, I saw that it, it was actually because I, I want to say both they were both playing bump and run at one time too. And still got it, and that was just because the, the corner. Nah, I don't want to say the wrong corner because I believe it was someone, but I, I, I gotta go back and watch the film to confirm. Um, but they just gave up way too much ground. Um, they were playing what they call an inch technique, or it looked like that, where you're giving inch by inch to the receiver, but he gave way too much ground. Um, and then he gave the, the receiver an easy inside release there. So I, and it was, it was a slant, caught it, and they were playing bump and run coverage on it. I remember it. So I think they are trying to play more press coverage on both sides of the field. I've seen it more. I'm not saying they're doing it a lot, but I've seen it more um, to, to your point. Um, yeah. Defensively. That's the only thing I, I'm with you. There are only a certain concepts. Now we got all the sample size we need that work against Texas, a defense inside breaking routes, targets, a bunch formation, screen game, screen game, right? I would was had like two of those little tight end screens, uh, we've seen K State had nice screens. Texas is a fast flow defense, so you can really get them because they will get carried away chasing. Right? That's what they even they got them in trouble with getting out of their pass rush lanes. Right, Texas is a fast and they want to get to their target right away. You can give them some some red meat out there, and you can catch Texas slipping a little bit. We've seen uh, Texas get beat with uh, the screen game and stop blocking go recently. Just because Texas is aggressive, nothing wrong with that. I think you'll take the aggressive. Uh, you know, mistakes over Texas getting beat because they're being too conservative, which Sark has already complained about. So I think Texas can be there, but these are, we're nitpicking. We get named like three things. That's all I can give you. That's all I got as a football theorist. You got anything else? If you were trying to attack the Texas defense, what you would lay out your checklist screen game. You want to do targets a bunch. You want to run inside breaking routes, specifically slants. What else? That's it. That's about it. Yeah, oh, quarterback run game, if you got it. If the you draw got it.
1: and the scramble, we still don't know if they've – probably they've not quite solved that yet. Yeah. The, the middle tight end screen is basically picking at exactly the same problem as the draw or the scramble.
0: Mm-hmm. Over pursuit?
1: Over, which is like the edge is getting way upfield. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. And
1: like the defensive tackle, sometimes they can recover and get a tackle on that, and sometimes they do. And then sometimes they don't. Because yeah. they're 200 pounds and they got to change direction yeah. to somebody. Yeah. But your edges can clean that up if they're a little more under control.
0: Um, that's so, we'll, no, that's a good point. You're right about that. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> Baron I Morton know. can move a little bit. They may try to draw Texas with him. Um, and then if they get to the Big 12 Championship, if it's still in Gabriel for sure, you got to solve oh, that problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's yeah. And then, uh, if it's more likely if it's Oklahoma State, then uh, it's
0: the yes. screen game, yes. Oh, yeah, screen game. Gundy Bowman
1: scored a touchdown from like nine out on Oklahoma with a draw, but that's
0: not what they But hey, man, you know, Gundy, Gundy, Gundy or... but he's not gonna get you, he's not gonna do yeah, a Gabriel did. I agree with that. No, i we guys. We don't. I think we got four, five things. I mean, that's it. That's it, pretty much, uh, in terms of what consistently has worked against Texas. I, and I'm sure when they play a high level opponent, Big Twelve title game, and in the, hopefully in the college ball playoff, you'll see some of those same concepts. They got time to work on that, but those are not tragic flaws. They're just they're, they're just not a perfect defense, but they're a really good defense. Um, all right, before we jump to the offensive side of the ball. Oh, if, they
1: get, if they get to the playoffs, like, you're talking about a different – Yes. Like, Marvin Harrison Jr. is not the same thing of anything Texas has faced this year, right? Brock Bowers.
0: Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's um, a good question. What's the best receiver Texas has faced? It, it's, who's the best, is, it, is it Oklahoma's receivers? I'm trying to think of the best receiver they faced, actually. Now you brought that up. Because it wasn't Oklahoma – it wasn't Alabama's receivers, I mean. they weren't great. Davion – Oh, you might be right, bro. You might be right. He was a monster for TCU. I think you're right. Now, I test alone. (laughs) He was... He looked like an NFL receiver, like straight up. Now, you might be right about that when it's all said. I don't know, but it's just... I don't know, it just sparked the uh, thought there. All right, before we jump to offense, uh, Texas offense versus Iowa State, let me tell you about Laura Baker. Uh, Laura Baker, uh, fantastic. Her and Andy Allen, their team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in the Austin area. Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan, but a longtime Austin real estate expert. You can give her a call at 512 784 That's 512-784-0505. If you're looking to move to, from or within the greater Austin area, uh, Laura Baker and Andy Allen and their team at Keller Williams. Trust me, uh, they can handle any and all of your real estate needs. That's 512-784-0505. Thank you to uh, Laura Baker and thank you uh, to our good folks over at Keller Williams as well. All right, let's talk about the Texas offense. You brought up something I thought was really interesting. I mean, you were talking about how it's tough at times for Quinn to work through progressions. And it was clear in that game that he was struggling once he got deeper into his progressions. Iowa State was doing a good job of forcing him to get deeper into his progressions, even out of empty formation. Four sacks that he uh, had in the uh, four sacks for the Iowa State off uh, Iowa State defense against Texas in the first half, and I think two of those were in empty formation. Matter of fact, I know two of those were in empty formation. That immediately started got me thinking. Oh man, Quinn's in trouble. Because empty formation, balls, empty, ball's coming out quick, and usually it's just based on the matchup, the favorable matchup you find, d- depending on how the team wants to play empty formation, how they want to defend it. So that's when I knew something was up. And in the second half, Sark, I think, adjusted in a brilliant way. And you just talked about how there are certain throws within Sark's system that are essentially predetermined. They're predetermined throws. And I think what Sark did, if you look at the biggest plays in the second half, I think Sark understood that his quarterback was struggling going through progressions versus his three high, three down. we talked about it ad nauseum, right? Sark's offense is less effective, less efficient, less explosive versus these three high defenses. And you're going up against one of the best play callers defensively, one of the pioneers, one of the uh, founding fathers of the three high, three down in John Haycock. And I think Sark figured out a way to dial up Almost meticulously, uh, uh, timing time plays to get Quinn, um, ri- wide window throws, predetermined wide window throws where he didn't have to go through progressions. Did Jay Witt plays like that The stock block and go into being a touchdown on third and one? There's no progression read there, you know, it's going to be Jay Witt. Um, it Sark schemes open a, a wide open Jay Witt or at least schemes him open to have plenty of space for him to throw the football in there. We know Quinn's really accurate, but he does have to go through a progression. All he's got to do is carry out the play fake. All he's got to do is kind of, you know, carry out the, the process. And then once he sees Jay Witt, boom, it's a touchdown. Same thing with the Gunner Helm play. There's no progression read there. This is a predetermined. Wide window, first read throw for his quarterback, and Gunner Helm runs. I think you can call it kind of a drag wheel route to the other side of the field. But it also was a stock block and go. So he fakes like he's gonna block, and then goes up the field. Ends up being a wide open Gunner Helm touchdown. There were like three or four plays like that in the second half, and that was even a. Uh, I don't know if you remember an empty formation first drive after half. Empty formation, 19 yard gain for X Man. It was a, a, a it was an adjustment. I think it was a predetermined throw. I think X Man was the only read on it. Where X Man is running a drag, hesitates like he's going to run the stop route, and then continues on the drag. Iowa State defender looks all discombobulated and confused, and he's wide open, and he ends up getting a 19 yard gain. And all they asked Quinn to do was buy a little time. But if you watch Quinn, he doesn't go through progressions. He's actually just watching X-Men. And I think it was an adjustment either by Quinn or by Sark or by, by whoever. I don't care that, hey, man, I'm going to be open. If I'm open on the stop, hit me. If not, I'm going to be open on the draft. I'm going to be open on one of these. You just got to buy time to find out when I'm open and hit them on next year game. There were a few plays like that that I think really proved to me that Sark Was He was a chess master in that moment, winning the chess match within the game against John Haycock because he was able to dial up these plays, looking at the limitations of his quarterback and looking at the the rules and the structure of the opposing defense, and he was able to dial up some hitters, some bangers.
1: Do you know what else allowed for that? Was that uh, he did the same thing in the run game. And Baxter was picking up g- gains on every play, mm-hmm. sometimes chunks. Yeah. He had like, what, 100 yards and 20 carries, something like that?
0: Um, yeah. He had a day.
1: They were, uh, and it, you go back and watch it, and a lot of it was schemed open like mm-hmm. unbalanced formations. Yeah. I saw that. Motions with pulling blockers. Um, like they motion wit or worthy one direction, and then they pull guard tackle counter the other way. Um, motion one way, run zone. Um, they, uh, yeah, they, 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 they circuit everything left in the flyover bag. He was pulling it out and shot at Haycock. Yeah, and, uh, Baxter Baxter ran hard and he ran well. But they were these—they were holes, you know. They seemed and like it. Quinn threw perfect balls, but like you said, guys were schemed wide open.
0: Wide open. Wide open. Yeah. It's a great point about Baxter. Too. I'm trying to think. I mean, yeah, I saw him, you know, break a tackle here or there, but most of the time he was just hitting the holes so hard, and the hole was wide open that if he hit it hard enough, he got five, six yards. Oh before anybody yeah. became close to him. I'd love to see yards before contact for him in that game. I got to go look that up, actually. I bet that's pretty – yeah, I, I, want, I want to say that you, based on your theory that yards for contact might have been a pretty good number for Texas versus Iowa State. And also something I thought was good for Sarkin knows, you know, you're talking about the stock block and go concept. Basically, it led to two touchdowns for him. It, it was using the the assignment sound, fundamentally sound – uh, you know, a, a technique and mentality of Iowa State against them. You know, Iowa State, you know, they're a defense that's built on a certain process. You know, the, people always talk about quarterbacks having progressions. I and mean, I'm a defender. I got progressions too, right? I go from one key to another key to another key, right? If I see wide receiver crack down, I feel and become, become forced defender. I'm responsible for that edge. Like I, I feel and replace. You know, those are progressions that I go through. And Sark basically, I almost say the opening script for him. In the first half, he almost used as means to to troubleshoot that Iowa State defense and that he was just trying to figure out exactly what the rules of the defense were, the rules that bind the structural integrity of the defense. And then in the second half, he just violated those rules over and over again. And I, oh, in the run game, in the pass game, in the pass game, it was obvious that, you know, they were really aggressive in their run fits as second level defenders. He just used that against them. Like, oh, man, crack blocks, you're going to feel in replace that quickly without even, you know, you don't even actually uh, confirm that there is contact. You just go, if you see the, the guy, if you see his body language look like he's going to block, you're going to let him go? I'll take it, all right? He used little, little details like that against them. It was beautiful.
1: You know what else was, was brilliant about that play call? Well, a couple of things. Uh, One, the spot was pretty rough. Oh, turn one? Mitchell went down in like the chains, and then they put it like a yard back, and it was like, how? (laughs) And you're thinking, well, they're going to challenge this, right? But Texas Mm -hmm. Spark smelled an opportunity. He hurries them up to the line and they dial up the stock block
0: Yeah. to,
1: to Whittington. That's so right. Like, it, they hurry up to the line like, oh, they're just going to try to pick up third and one real quick running the ball rather than challenging the spot. And then Iowa State's like, oh, they're going to try to sneak a third and one dive run on us. And then it makes them trigger all the harder yeah. and then right. whip touchdown.
0: I didn't think about that, but you're right. Yeah, now that you said it, it it was a bad spot in Texas. They did, they rushed. And everything about that play, the the compression of the formation. Um, hell, the I think they were in 12 personnel, were they not? Were they in 12? I believe they might have been in 12 too. Um, everything said run. The situation all said run. You're right. The programming of Iowa State was it's gonna be a run and start the timing of that play was like I said, it was it was brilliant. And Sark-, Sark was in his bag. I know they, uh, they didn't score, you know, 30 points or anything, but trust me, folks, if you were watching that second half, um, Sark was, uh, he was honestly among uh, the most brilliant uh, second half play-calling performances I've seen from him so far. I'm not joking. I'm not, It's not hyperbole. I think, considering the competition, considering it was on the road, no Jay Brooks, the way the first half looked, they were 6-3 going to the second half. Man, Sark did a damn good job. I'll give him his Flowers.
1: The other thing, what have we not talked about this week? What's that? Red zone offense.
0: Oh man,
1: Rod, Uh-oh. you don't have to score in the red zone if you score before you get to the red zone.
0: <laughs> that that's should be on a t-shirt for Sartre. <laughs> Seriously,
1: he had that. He had that that shot played at wit, and then the mm-hmm. one you mentioned to Helm. And he dialed them both up in like between like the 20 and the 30. You're right. And he's mm-hmm. like, we're going we're gonna to score while we still have some space. We're going to dial one of these up and get in there so that this doesn't become about, you know, trying to hammer the ball in against all these big old Cyclones.
0: Yeah. And I would say Iowa State in the red zone, that defense. That's- Ooh, yeah, I don't want to take a chance. with That's a great point there. And I'm saying, if, I think Sark, well, I think all that was calculated. I'm with you, right? And if he's it's not, I'm going to give him credit for it anyway, all right? <laughs> That's what football theory is all about. Um, one more to thing, too, um, since we're talking about uh, the uh, the Texas offense, I'll give credit to uh, Gunnar Helm and Jay Witt. I love that. It, you ever seen that movie, The Other Guys? Yes. yes. Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg, right? Yes. So you get the premise of it, The Other Guys. This was a game kind of about the other guys. Uh, it was one of those other guys games where – you know, Jay Witt and Gunner Helm step up. Now you got your usual stars that make big plays. Uh, and, oh, man, that Xavier Worthy punt return. That would that would have blew the game wide open, potentially, actually. Uh, and it got called back for the holding. By the way, a little nugget here Real Analytics, they do in game uh, speed tracking for players. They claim that Xavier Worthy was up to 22.7 miles per hour on that punt return that was called back. And that is the fastest time they have tracked. For any player in college football this season, there you go. So they're basically saying he's the fastest player in college football, not track times of forty, but just based on their analytics and tracking. There you go. Um, all right, let's. Uh, any other closing comments about Iowa State before we move on to Texas Tech?
1: Oh well, no. Just it's a good observation by you. Worth noting again that not only did they dial up those plays to score from outside the red zone but they dialed them up to the other guys.
0: Yeah. yeah the, true.
1: Most, the easiest guys to slip by people. The same on the,
0: yeah.
1: The, the only time they scored in a red zone scenario was the two point conversion, which we were talking about beforehand. And they ran that they ran there whenever they get near the goal line, they're always running wit back and forth in the backfield. In motion. Yeah. And the reason they do that for our listeners is that, When he goes from one side to another, force the defense to change their strength call. Mm -hmm. So everybody on the defense has to change. Like, okay, now I got to worry. Now I'm this. Now my my, now my primary gap and my coverage assignment is this. Oh wait, the slot's over here. Now my primary gap and my coverage responsibility is this instead. Yeah. So like Oklahoma State does this all the time. Lots of teams do this. You move your slot back and forth. You change this you make the defense change their strength at the last minute and make sure they have all their rules right and then you run like split zone or whatever down the middle yeah
0: yeah
1: and it and a lot of times they don't hit fit their gaps right and then you walk in for a touchdown I Texas guess. scored this year doing that like uh, how many red zone touchdowns do they have this year a little less than 20 That's maybe 20, maybe 20 or 25 percent of them are Motioning wit around and then running split zone. Mm. (laughs) They scored like like five, six times doing that.
0: From like
1: from like within the 10, right?
0: Yeah.
1: So then they do that, right? But then they they toss it to wit really quick. Man. Like probably everybody else. I had to rewind it and watch. I did too. How he got the ball.
0: I did too. The sleight of hand was magnificent. It was brilliant. I was I was I was I was like, man, that's risky. First of all, they got to be practicing the hell out of that play, right? And they got to be practicing that play a lot, cause to try that in the game. When do you, you watch? Uh, you watch as much film on Texas as anybody I know. When, when do you? When did you? Have you seen that play? You remember? Recall? I'm it? sure <laughs> that I'm pretty
1: sure that Casey and Witt connected on the same play in 2020. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah. there you go. Exactly. Maybe um, hard,
1: but I don't remember well enough. Okay. Yeah. But but- I know- I know Wentz scored on, on the quicks on the quick toss like that.
0: It's so dangerous, man, with that action because you don't even. I, I, you can barely see. You can real time. You can barely see it. Like real time, you got no chance. You got to go back and watch it. Uh, that's a great play call and great execution by those guys for that two point conversion. Uh, all right, uh, good stuff there, Ian. Let's move on to Texas Tech. Let me just ask you a simple question about Texas Tech: the offense, uh, Texas Tech offense versus the Texas defense which Texas tech team are we going to see which Texas tech offense are we going to see? Are we going to see the air raid? I mean, Kidley's there as the offensive coordinator and you think he's more of a true air raid guy. And at one point they were this season, um, but they've morphed into this beast uh, that uh, is a run centric offense. Now with Tosh Brooks, as the focal point, the identity of the offense, by the way, he's fantastic, averaging damn near five and a half yards per rush. But, dude, in the last six games, they've run the ball 40 or more times, four of the last six games. So, my question Ian, is which team, which offense do we see? We see air raid offense, or do we see this new ground and pound m- machine that has become the Texas Tech identity on offense?
1: I, I think we're going to see the air raid. <laughs> Um, At at the very least, if I'm McGuire, I actually listened to his presser and he almost hinted at this anyway. I think they got to, they got to aerate it and throw on early downs early in drives, Yep. get tempo going and then try to run the ball later in a drive. I think you got to make sweat and Murphy in this defensive line. You got to make them jog or sprint their way to chase down a ball carrier and to get lined up again mm-hmm. once or twice before you try going at him. And uh, like he, mentioned, he was asked about, like, well, what do you do about this Texas defensive line, this defensive front? And he's like, well, we got to find some runs that work. we got to use tempo. It's like, yeah, you better. I mean, that's the only way anybody's done anything. Um, runs that work, I don't know what those would be. Draw, maybe a running back draw.
0: Yeah. Runs yeah. away from Sweat and Murphy or wait to the other groups in the game. <laughs> that other rotational group, wait till they in the game and run at them. Maybe you can run at the, because they wholesale, you know, Texas does wholesale rotations. Maybe that's a better option.
1: Yep. I mean, you can do that. That's a, but uh, for the most part, I think you have to get him gassed a little bit. and You got to throw a lot early. Uh, I I just can't imagine. Like sometimes they'll give Taj Brooks like 30 carries in a game this year.
0: No, he's – yeah, no, it's unbelievable, man. Like he's averaging – I want to say, yeah, in like the last six games, like I said, they're averaging 40 more – and they're not necessarily running the ball really effectively either. They're just running it to control the game and kind of choke the life out of the game. I think they basically decided – We were throwing the ball so much. We were actually high-risk, low-reward offense because we were throwing the ball. Yeah, we were scoring a lot of points. We also had a lot of turnovers, and we weren't great in pass protection, so our quarterbacks kept getting hurt. So now they've gone to a different brand of football, and they won the last three games. And I'll give my man uh, E. Hogan credit for this. He brought it up. You know that uh, Joey McGuire's record in uh, November versus Big 12 opponents, I think it's like 6-1. and Really? Yeah. And the um I guess what they were saying is that these you look at the month of November for uh, Texas Tech's head coaches prior to that, from like 2010 to, say, 20, before, right before Jordan McGuire got there, they had around a 25% win percentage. And now Jordan McGuire's winning like over 85% of his games in the month of November. The theory is, this is a high school coach thing because Jeff Trailer is very similar, too. Mm-hmm. And Matt Campbell's kind of like this, too. That, and Matt Campbell's obviously not a high school coach. But these high school coaches, yeah, they were 11-32 and 32 from 2010 to 2021. And Jordan McGuire is 6-1 in the month of November versus Big 12 opponents. 85% winning percentage. It was 25% prior to him getting there. <laughs> and it's that high school coaches don't care about the, the start of the season because they're all about the playoffs and peaking at the right time. So they're like, "Screw the the non district man. Let's make sure I can make the playoffs. Then I'm ready to roll." And similarly, with Matt Campbell, who's from a lower uh, division level, where they have a playoff, and it's all about peaking at the right time. I don't give it a damn. I just got to make the playoffs, and I'm I, and I'm good. Obviously, college football is not like that. Not major college football is not like that. And that's the theory behind Joe McGuire's teams. They won three in a row. That as a problem solver, he'll fix he'll he'll fix the problem because he's a good football coach. All right, how about get- you? Goes- I think not, that's
1: a, I think that's a lot of it too. Is that uh, not not only are high school coaches incentivized by the end of the year, right? But they have to be problem solvers. That's true. Because you don't recruit your well, for the most part, you don't recruit your roster. Not for the most part, <laughs> and, uh, you have to like figure out like we're gonna It'll have work. to teach. We're gonna have to teach this kid to play a different position. We're gonna yeah. have to figure out how to. Uh, run the ball without a running back. We're going to have to, you know, high school coaches are always having to solve problems like that. And you look at Tech, they've made, I don't know. I was looking through their depth chart earlier today and I had to make like a half dozen notes on their lineup because they had changed some things. Like they switched out their center and moved this other guy to center. Um, They got... Texas Longhorn, former Longhorn Tyler Owens, they moved him down to nickel, and yeah. they took the guy that was playing the nickel, and they put him back at Owens' spot. I don't know when they did that. Um, they've got like a freshman linebacker. They got all kinds of stuff going on.
0: Yeah, and
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's always. I think I think I think the high school coaching background is helpful for that. Of just like,
0: yeah, it. I agree. You. Yeah, cause you don't you don't have talent acquisition means in high school. You're like I I, I got what I got. I gotta figure it out. Um, I'm, they, the wide receiver yeah. core yeah. is not elite or anything, but they got a lot of guys. They got, I mean, like five guys that have at least 24 receptions yeah. and they they spread it around. I this is okay. Let me ask you because you this gets to your theory you threw out there. You said you believe they're more dangerous matchup wise. You're talking about their offense, right? Yeah. Then Iowa State. Is your theory based on the fact that? because they have air raid DNA, they can always throw it. But now they're actually having a, you know, a complement of a running game with that, which has rules. Is that where you're going? Cause that's what's kind of worries me thinking like, man, I'm overthinking it, but I know they can throw it and hell, any team that's passed first against Texas, even teams that don't like to throw it, like K state, they get a lot of yards with Texas throwing the football. Um, so I know you can throw it against Texas. You can throw the slam. You can throw screens. You can throw little things, targets a bunch, but it's nobody's been able to run the ball against Texas. But maybe you can if you stress them enough with the passing game that Texas will give up some of the running game. And I'm worried about maybe Tech being able to do that. But Texas can, can stop the run with the light box so they got really good D tackles. But it is something that worries me a little bit that they, they can do both now. They can throw it, and they've proven lately they can run it too.
1: Yeah, I'm not so worried about the run part. Just the, yeah. Just the part where they have this DNA where they have Loads of slot receivers and loads of formations and concepts yeah. for uh, putting him in space.
0: Yep,
1: I think they'll they'll go to that. I don't. I just don't think Brooks. Where he might be a problem for Texas is uh, if if Tech needs to pick up a bunch of third and shorts or some like goal line plays. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go thirty for one fifty in this game. Hmm. I just don't think that's possible against this Texas defense at this point in the year. Um, so I I don't know about the balance so much it's just the fact Iowa State does not really – they're just not built to spread you out that way, you know? No, agreed. They do it a little bit, and they have some clever ways to do it, but it's just not what they want to do. Like they we, – we, we had the same debate last week. We're like, do you think Iowa State will – ditch the ball control and go tempo and go uh, fast and just throw the ball 40 50 times and they didn't right mm. no nope. they were their normal pace they tried to they tried to control the clock and control the game and they threw the ball short a lot but they also tried to motion around and run the ball yeah uh, so they just, they just didn't they didn't do the thing that you would be afraid of them doing tech will 100%
0: They'll do that thing.
1: Oh, They'll do that
0: thing. <laughs> They'll do that thing. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And this is – if you're you know, if you're the coach, you're Jordan McGuire. This is the guy that went for it on fourth down more than any coach in college football last year. And he is not afraid to roll the dice. So I expect this to be a sink game where he throws the kitchen sink and everything at Texas. So expect the exotics and all that as well. All right, before we get out of here, let's talk about the Tech defense. One thing I did see and I thought was interesting – Uh, Tech loves simulated pressure. It's one of the things they do as much as anybody in the power five. Uh, They love simulated pressure. This is something those who don't know simulated pressure is basically layman's terms. It looks like a blitz. It smells like a blitz, feels like a blitz, but it ain't a blitz. It's just pressure. Now it could be four defenders. could be three defenders they're sending, and it could be uh, sending them from all different levels, first, second, and third, um, but it's not an actual blitz where they send five or more rushers. They just make it look like that. The point is, you make it look like a blitz. The offense checks audibles till they're hot reads and hot routes. The offensive line, they uh, change their pass protection to blitz pass protection. And then there's not a blitz. It just looks like that. You drop uh, seven, uh, eight guys back into coverage. And then you have the numbers advantage. And then they throw into the numbers advantage you have. Or quarterback sees the numbers advantage, holds on to the ball, gives your standard rush, or at least your four man pressure time to get home. That's the whole point of a simulated pressure. And they do a lot of it. And I think that's something that gave Texas problems last season, at the end of last season, even at the beginning of this season, how Rice gave Texas issues running simulated pressures. That, you know, Texas shouldn't have to worry about at this point in the season, but it's just something to throw out there that Tex defense does really well. Other than that, there's not a ton I worry about with the Tech defense. They, uh, I mean, they're not necessarily elite in any in any category. They're playing better, though. They're playing better in red zone defense the last three games. They're playing better in Big 12 play. Uh, they're 54th in scoring defense. So I'm not saying they can't make plays, but if Texas stays ahead of the chains, they should be okay. Texas gets to third, second and third and long, then they can use some of those simulated pressures, combine that with Amoeba fronts. We even saw some of that from Iowa state, and then combine that with twists and stunts. That combination has given Texas problems. Shouldn't have to worry about it if you stay ahead of schedule. Yeah.
1: The big thing for them is they have to force red zone possessions for Texas. I think they tend to play single high coverage a lot. And I think they're going to be dropping that safety back to Hutto every snap. They already do Mm -hmm. that. So like line up at 15 and be backpedaling to 25, 30 immediately. To where it's like literally just a post safety.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Way back there.
1: (laughs) there. They're not going to throw a post. And you're not going to throw a long fade, he'll get there. Anything yeah. else, anything else, it's 10 on 11, right? Yeah. I think that that's what they'll do. I think, again, it comes down to they got to scheme ways to run the ball for Baxter. Um, I, don't, I just think this offense is just not, the passing game is not sophisticated enough for Texas to be effective unless they can run the ball. In a way that keeps the chains moving for 25 plus carries every game, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I, I
1: don't know that could be tough, but tech is, I don't know, they're not, they're a little young in linebacker, they're probably vulnerable. I think Texas will have a good sense of how to attack them. Yeah, you don't really worry about them overlooking tech because. Did you hear that Joey McGuire texted Sark two different times this year to congratulate yeah. him on Culture Wins?
0: Yeah. Was that Bama and K-State? Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. Uh, he was
1: that To me, that smells like a uh,
0: – hmm. Is
1: don't that give Olive not What is that? Don't give us any extra attention this year. Yeah. Slip bygones, be bygones about life. LA. Yeah. <laughs>
0: i agree so it sounds like an olive branch
1: we're all good friends here you don't need to be <laughs> you don't need to be grinding extra weekend nights on texas tech film you know
0: <laughs> you don't need to spice up your game plan right that's a good point because he he told the media that right that came from joey mcguire saying oh, that yeah. right not sark so yeah. yeah that's a good point he's like hey man hey sark what's up man we friends right we friends we're still cool right don't yeah. forget about me saying I told you they were gonna fold, I told you they were gonna quit if they did. Forget that all about old. that. That was nothing. That was, that was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm not worried about a letdown from this game. I'm worried about pretty much tech deciding to abandon their running game and just throw it. Texas will still win, but can tech make it interesting? I think they could. Um, if they decide, you know what, we're gonna throw it, and Baron Morton ends up getting hot in the game, but this will be the best defense that Tech is – well, they face Oregon, though. I'll take that back. Right, like They did face Oregon early in the year. Um, I don't know how good Oregon's defense is. Maybe it's better than Texas because adds to the conversation. Also, good game to compare. Oregon and Texas right now in that discussion, they're one – Uh, ranking ahead of uh, Texas right now. All right, before we get out of here, let me tell you one more time about Laura Baker. She uh, and the uh, Keller Williams uh, team uh, along with Andy Allen. Uh, Right now uh, sponsoring uh, Football Theory. We appreciate them. Laura and Andy Allen team at Keller Williams can handle all of your real estate needs in the Austin area. Laura is not only a diehard Longhorn fan but a longtime Austin real estate expert. Give her a call at 512-784-0505 if you're looking to move to from or within the greater Austin area. That number is 512 7840505 and thank you to Laura Baker and uh, Andy Allen and the team over at Keller Williams for sponsoring Football Theory. Alright, Ian um, first of all, first let me say Happy Thanksgiving to you, alright? Happy, <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, enjoy the family. You want to give a score prediction? I don't know if we give score predictions. I don't know, I feel like for the last regular season game we should do score predictions. Are you in the mood to give one? You don't have to, yeah. you don't want
1: to. I, just, I just put one in for the roundtable for, oh, perfect! Uh, I I said twenty three seventeen.
0: Oh low score.
1: I feel like Tech is going to have a the right game plan, and the Longhorns are going to have to eke it out.
0: Ooh, Longhorn fans don't want to hear that. <laughs> it
1: just, it, this is, yeah, I think Texas fans want every game to be like sweet revenge on yeah. the twelfth. Um. The only revenge that matters would be 11 and 1 with zero losses to ex conference mates mm-hmm. and Brett Warmark handing over the Big 12 championship and strapping the most valuable player around to Devondre Sweat. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. With yeah. the it's gonna be a belt now, right? A championship yeah, belt? belt, yeah, like a WWE belt that goes to the most outstanding <laughs> player. You want to see Warmark reaching around
0: Sweat. That's all the (laughs) revenge we need. Oh in advance. That's great. That's that's a hey, you know what? We're gonna end on a high note like George Costanza on that one. Well done, yes. We appreciate the time, brother. That was fantastic as always. And uh, hey, give my best to the family and happy Thanksgiving, brother. Same to you. Uh, All right, Football Theory, once again, brought to you by Laura Baker of Keller Williams, and we appreciate all of her support, and we appreciate your support. So join us next week. We'll be talking about another uh, Longhorn victory, hopefully. Uh, We'll be talking about how the Longhorns can uh, win the Big 12 title against, I don't know, whoever, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. We'll break it down then. Uh, This is for uh, my man Ian Boyd. I am Rod Babers. We're both lifetime Longhorns. We'll talk to you on another edition of Football Theory. Hook them.